0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Living low to the ground. Living with the shades pulled down. I've got the tunes cranked way up loud. To avoid hearing the sound of my dreams blowing up. I'm afraid I'm out of luck. And I'm scared that my luck won't turn around. That's why I'm living with the shades pulled down. Trying to escape the sound. Living low to the ground. Living with the shades pulled down. Now
2: now. Hi, this is Severn, and this is Greenhorns Radio. Thank you for joining us. It's Thursday, four o'clock, and I'm here your hostess, Severn von Charner Fleming of the Greenhorns Project. Joined on the phone by Nora Sack, who is working right now at the Poughkeepsie Farm Project in Poughkeepsie, New York. Hi, Nora, are you there? I'm here, Severin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm so excited to talk to you because I was so excited to meet you at the Hudson Valley Food Security Roundtable meeting up in Hudson. Nora was there representing the food project, um, the farm project in Poughkeepsie, and was just perfectly punky in every way. And hugely articulate, and a, a, an amazing future leader of the food movement. So I'm so so glad to have you on the radio.
3: Thanks, Evan.
2: Tell me, let's let's start out with where where you're coming from and and who you are.
3: Well, uh, I'll, I'll make this short, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> I uh, I'm a new Poughkeepsie resident and a new farmer and new farm educator. Um, I grew up in Maryland. Uh, in the Mid-Atlantic region, and after that, lived in Canada and went to college there for a while, but have since returned to the States to continue farming and learning about uh, how to reach communities around food and farming.
2: And what are your aspirations for this for farming? I mean, where are you pointed right now? You're you're in the farm manager position. Um, you're learning a lot of different kinds of farming skills and seed saving and management of CSA. Where? Where exactly are you pointed?
3: Well, um, just, just to be a little bit clear, I'm not a farm manager at the PSP. I, I sure wish I was, but I'm actually a full-season intern um, with a focus on education as well as farming. Um, so my goal with, with this internship was to continue learning about uh, vegetable farming on a farm scale, but also to see what it's like to really reach Lots and lots of people, um, and translate my own interests and passion, and see, um, you know, how to find that same vibration with other people. So I wanted I wanted to explore educating people around food and farming, and um, I think I see this whole season as kind of an adventure around that, um, but it's also uh, made me more sure that I want to keep being a farmer and actually be a grower on down the line um, and combine that with community work.
2: And tell me about why why children are um, particularly open to, to learning about farming and, and your experience um, working with children. Tell tell us what what, do you, what you notice about the way children engage in, in the garden and the farm world.
3: Um, well, I must say, it's just, A pleasure to work with children. We had our first kindergarten group come out to the Poughkeepsie Farm Project a few weeks ago. And the first thing I noticed was just how excited they were. They had come prepared with a song to sing about coming to the PFP. And every time I would say, hey, let's go look at the garlic, do you want to do that? They would just cheer and run. And so I think, um, you know, their minds are just open. They love. Uh, feeling and touching and tasting things, and they haven't been bogged down yet by all the politics around food. Um, so it just really has rekindled my own, like, love and joy for what we're all doing. Um, and I think they just get excited and want to tell their families, and the littlest things stick with them, and they make them big deals, which every, every plant, every animal is a big deal, so it's just a great reminder. Um, of, of everything.
2: And do you have animals on the farm that they interact with? I've, I've been watching kids, kids and kittens a lot, because I have baby new kittens. Um, Uh,
3: Well, technically we do have one form of livestock. Um, We have four beehives at the PSP, um, which are classified livestock, apparently. We don't have any other uh, animals at the time. Uh, We are hoping to get chickens next year, um but because we lease our land from Vassar College we wanna negotiate um having animals here. But I've watched them interact with worms and bugs and all sorts of other beings. So that's been that's been really fun for me.
2: Yeah, more creatures, more better is my new policy. Yeah. Um so let's zoom out a little bit and give the brief history of the Poughkeepsie Farm Project, where it's located. Um, you know, for those who are outside of New York to kind of put that um, geographic spot on the map and and what makes it unique
3: sure um, the Poughkeepsie Farm Project uh, started in 1999 as a community farm um, with a group of interested residents uh, who wanted to see some former farmland at Vassar College uh, return to being farmed and be reawakened um, and since then it's grown, we just are celebrating our uh, 10th anniversary, um, and Poughkeepsie is a really interesting place. It's a city of about 60 or 70,000 people right in the mid-Hudson Valley, um, and while it's a small city, it's got a lot of big city problems. <clears throat> um, it's fairly racially and economically segregated, um, and there's not a lot of access to healthy local food um, in, in the main city of Poughkeepsie, but we're working to change that, um, So we are a farm-based nonprofit organization. Uh, So our our bedrock is a working farm. We have an almost 300 family uh, (coughs) CSA, Community Supported Agriculture Program. Um, We do do a lot of educational programs for youth uh, and adults. And we are helping to improve access to healthy locally grown food in Poughkeepsie in a number of ways. Including managing a downtown farmers market, um, offering sponsored and subsidized shares to low-income families, and also uh, donating 25% of our produce to the emergency food system in Poughkeepsie.
2: And tell me, t- let's let's, get, let's also explore a little bit w- about Poughkeepsie. What what um, what kind of a town? What kind of an organism is Poughkeepsie, and what kind of an organism, How does the farm serve that organism? and particularly, like, um, the train station? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, well, that's a, that's a great question, Severin, and uh, I'm, I'm just learning myself, you know, I'm going on living here for four months now, um, so I've, I've just been looking every which way and trying to get a, a handle on, on what's going down here. Um, it's, we are right on the Hudson River, and uh, Poughkeepsie has had a lot of bust and booms with industry, and um, there aren't a ton of jobs, Uh, there's, you know, well, um, let's see, how is PSP serving that community? Well, we're trying to sense, okay, let me back up for a sec. Um, While there's not a lot of great access to healthy food in the city, I would say that there is a vibrant food culture there's a lot of great um, and diverse ethnic communities here. And there's a lot of terrific locally owned restaurants um, and people who have uh, a lot of interest in food in their backgrounds and and seem to want to explore that more. So um, I don't know that we serve the train station directly, um, but we do. Our, our market is down near the river right on Main Street. Um, and we're getting more vendors every year and more uh, people to shop there every year. And you can tell it's a really important uh, thing in the city because people come rain or shine to get food. It's not, it's not just a social event. It's, it's a real, it's meeting a real need. Um,
2: and it seems to me so, so important the fact that you are an active contributor to the life of Main Street and to... The economic redevelopment of the downtown corridor, right next to the train station. You can even can you even walk from the train station to the farm?
3: Um, yeah, if you like if you like a good three mile trek. I mean, we're right on the out, outskirts of the uh, city limits, so we're right between the city and the town limits. But Poughkeepsie is pretty small. Um, you can you can definitely cross it by foot or by bike, and there's some public transportation. So right, the farm is off a of main street at a main intersection, and, um, you know, there's some public lands right next to it, and we encourage people to come drop by and look around. So it's something um, that is not too hard to get to.
2: And so if, we're, if somebody was going to drop by and look around in the near future, are there any events or activities that you would suggest that they might? Um, visit for or, or or tell us tell us what you've been doing in the garden and what what's green and and glory. this weather has been fabulous.
3: Yes, we've been so lucky this spring. Um, it's been a really generous spring. Uh, so we have we encourage people first and foremost to come out during the week. We have open drop-in volunteer days. So if you've never harvested before or want to see what you know a baby. Uh, beat looks like, um, you can come out and join us for harvest or uh, field work projects. Um, and those happen several times a week, uh, and that's a great time. You know, we work with a lot of volunteers, and it's just a great way to meet people and, you know, work with people with all from all kinds of backgrounds. So I would encourage people to come out for those days. Um, on Friday is a farmer's market in Poughkeepsie, so if you want to come, meet uh, some of our farms and in, farmers and interns, that would be a great way to get in touch with the PSP. And we also have um, public workshops, like even tonight is a workshop on medicinal herbs. Um, so we have those throughout the season. And coming up, I believe on August 1st, we're having a community field day. So we're encouraging people to come with picnics and come hang out in the fields. There might even be a movie night afterwards, but there's also going to be kids' activities. So we have um, periodically big public events as well as more technical workshops and our consistent um, volunteer days.
2: Let's let's put that website up again. Let's say the website.
3: OK, our website is www.farmproject.org.
2: Cool beans. Now we have to take a little break, listen to some music, and I'll come back and talk with you some more
3: great
1: six sheets to the sun he kept shouting six 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 the trouble had just begun as he called me another name for a bundle of sticks or a british english slang word for cigarette the sound of his fist narrowly missing my mother's face it's one that I shall never forget Six sheets to the sun Six sheets to the sun I honed my arms into the room With a velocity that I could not recall My face flushed with fury My eyes with anger Still did swell Bugged out like Marty Feldman's i my shoes Welcome
2: back. Nora, are you there? Yep, I'm still here. Well, I didn't hear any music, but we we we'll just keep talking. Um, I wanted to I wanted to ask you if you could talk a little bit about the seed project that you're doing cuz when you were at the Hudson Valley Seed Exchange, you were just giving a glorious season. I actually um I planted my beets and I planted my soybeans, and the soybeans have already pom- popped up. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and I if you have any more edamame, um what are they called? Kuri shu, shuri fumi. Shuri fumi. Right. Yep. I want to come and get some more from you.
3: Okay, okay, I'll put some packets aside for you. <laughs> um um yeah, I'd love to tell you about our seed project because it's one of the main reasons I personally wanted to come to the PFP. Um so a few years ago, uh the Prigetsi Farm Project uh partnered with another community gardening association um organization called Green Teens and Uh, our partnership is called City Seeds, and one arm of that project is um, we have a seed-saving garden at the farm, and we also distribute the seeds we have grown and saved into the community, like at the Food Sovereignty Meeting, and right now our garden is looking pretty good, I have to say. Um, We have probably 20 to 25 kinds of Vegetables and, and flowers and herbs in there. Um, some we've we've been saving for a few years now, so we're we're using our own seed as source seed, and others we're trying out um, heirloom varieties or uh, rare, almost going extinct varieties that we wanted to to help keep alive. Um, myself and and the other intern got to choose actually what we're what we're growing this year. Um, and in the process, learn how to plan a seed-saving garden, um, what kind of needs, you know, every plant has in terms of uh, isolation and keeping a variety pure. And then in in the summer and fall, we'll get to learn how to uh, process and store them. Um, but it's been going on for a few years now, and we finally have what you could call a, a seed bank. Um, and... Uh, yeah, we, we grow them year to year and we test them out and see how our varieties are doing. And then we offer them to groups that come to the farm to participate, to participants in some of our programs and uh, to interested community members. And it's just a blast. It's, it's, uh, I think it's filling a real, a real need and a real interest right now.
2: It definitely feels like, um, I worked a summer um, during my, you know, skill set acquisition trajectory for a really cool seed saver in Northern California, and he grew, I think, 60 or 70 different kinds of lettuce, and, um, you know, we never got to eat the nicest lettuces. They were always for seed, but it definitely taught me um, a whole new level of observing um, the plants and getting really in tune um, and in observation of, of the particular um, needs and characteristics of the plants and the qualities that we were looking for and I feel I feel like the, the next step from the school gardens that are going up all over the all over the country would be for those school gardens to also start focusing more and more on seed production as those students become more and more sophisticated um curators of the natural and um domesticated worlds. Um and that and every school library could also be a seed library. <laughs>
3: Right, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. Maybe you could be one of the
2: workshop leaders when we, when we have those workshops. Pardon? Maybe you could be one of the workshop leaders when we have those workshops.
3: That would be a blast. Uh, yeah, we have one scheduled for the fall, so I have a couple months to uh, get my seeds in a row, and, and then uh, I'll be doing seed-saving workshops everywhere. Um, but I totally agree with you, and it really makes you look at food and farming in another way, too, because... Uh, people who visit our seed garden are always asking, can we eat this? You know, what are we going to do with this? And and it really, uh, like you said, requires observation and patience and, and not just knowing um, something as a vegetable or edible, but, but something as its own, you know, in its own life cycle. And, I mean, for me, it's just uh, really brought home how it, it's going to be hard to have a lot of local, organic, sustainable farms if we don't have more local uh locally adapted seeds to to grow on them. So,
0: um
3: I think it's just like the step before the food, which not a lot of people are really aware of right now.
2: Okay, let's get a little rundown of Nora's favorite seed um varieties, locally adapted <laughs> and just like all-time favorite.
3: My all-time favorite variety to to grow?
2: Yeah, of of yeah, just like a little handful of your favorite your favorite kinds of
3: Okay, well, one thing I'm hoping will be my favorite is uh, we're growing something called a Musque de Provence squash in the seed garden, which is one of those uh, Cinderella-type pumpkins that looks like it was her carriage. So I've only ever seen pictures in uh, catalogs, but I can't wait, cannot wait to see them in our seed garden. Um, Same thing with the blue potted pea that we're trying out. And also something called a a Sultan's Crescent pole bean, which is almost extinct and is yellow and curvy-shaped. So I'm psyched about those. Those are, I'm just banking that those are going to be my new favorite varieties. Um, But I also love all kinds of squash in general. Uh, I have a soft spot for delicatas. Um, I'm also a a potato aficionado, and I really like the, the blue potatoes we have on the farm. Um, What else? I mean, I know at this point Cherokee purple is becoming a household name, but the first time I had a Cherokee purple tomato, uh, I kind of fell off my chair. Um, (laughs) And also my favorite basil variety is sacred holy basil, also known as Tulsi, and I've been feeding people Tulsi tea and and telling them that it's the elixir of life. So I'd say those are some of my favorites.
2: Yeah, Tulsi tea gets you high. (laughs) <laughs>
3: Basically, yeah.
2: <laughs> so. so tell me, are you gonna be doing this forever forever? Are you are you um are your parents still thinking it's a phase or are we um are we buying our like life lifetime guarantee tools already?
3: No, we we got the lifetime guarantee. Um I I realize that even though I'm pretty young, I'm I'm twenty three, I was looking back over some per- recent personal history and I guess this is actually my fourth or fifth year working on some kind of farm, and I think by this point I've adjusted to the fact that it's not a phase that I always want to be—not just involved in farming, but I do want to farm, and I want to get—I want to get other people onto farms. I want to see other, uh, you know, everyone knowing what a uh, well-loved farm looks and feels like. Um, and my parents have also <laughs> uh, come around. I mean they've always wanted to me to be happy which I'm forever grateful for but the last time I went back to Maryland my mom was actually kind of encouraging me to look for land which was interesting I never thought I'd hear that from her mouth but um so they're they're on board and and they're loving the vegetables I bring home and I think they're getting to understand why even if they haven't quite connected all the dots yet so I'm I'm really Really lucky to have a supportive family.
2: Yes, the next the next movement we have to um, we have to look forward to is uh my parents want me to move home and farm <laughs> movement.
3: Exactly. But I think it's coming. Exactly. I,
2: I, def- I definitely think it's coming. I just came back um, from New York City. I was there in Brooklyn for the opening of Food Inc., which oh, yeah. is um, a documentary about industrial food with our wonderful pollen, our wonderful Schlosser. Um, that was really beautifully shot and um, basically exposing a lot of the uh, industrial meat production and especially poultry production um, and is aimed at you know mass market um, folks who are not yet in this converted category and i um, was really I was really um, overcome with this understanding that as more and more and more people have a fundamental literacy about. The crisis in our food system we'll just continue to see um, a growing in the, a growth in the marketplace and a growth in the cultural acceptance of being a young farmer because it does feel like um, the pride that we feel as young farmers within ourselves and um, within our families um, contributes a lot to our capacity to to bear the load because it is a physical load and it is a um, there's a lot of like ninja work that you have to do and um improvisational professional development that you have to engage in and uh feeling really good about where you stand in society seems to to play into the the kind of confident stance um that is required to succeed so i'm glad your parents are on board my parents are on board slowly but surely ever more <laughs> it's exciting mhm do you, have any, um, do you have any final comments or links or suggestions? I'm about to give some pitches for some events I want to talk about, but sure, throw well, something in, that, uh, in the ring if you want.
3: Well, just my, my final thought is, is something that's come back to me over the past couple weeks um, as we've gone to networks with other young farmers and I've looked around at some of my peers and comrades and just like this feeling when I go home at night that there's a place for everyone um, in – you know feeding people um that it's not necessarily a competition game anymore that everyone who wants to be like you know a young organic farmer sure there's there's challenges but there is room there's there's too much room right now but i think it's getting you know more people are getting there and so that that really makes me very happy that i think that it's just a really inclusive thing and um and just that I, I don't want to be doing anything else, and I, I love meeting other people on that same wavelength, and it uh, gives me a lot of hope for the next couple of years. And it's great to meet people like you too, Severin, who really do a great job of getting the word out there.
2: Right on. Well, here we are. We're working like horses, eating like kings, <laughs> feeling great, sticking our fingers in the planet. This is Greenhorns Radio. I'm your host, Severin. It's been another great show. I would love to let everyone know about our upcoming events. Um, On June 18th, the Greenhorns is hosting a Young Farmer Mixer in Hardwick, Vermont, that's at Claire's Restaurant on Main Street at 7 o'clock, followed by beer, bonfire, live music, and bicycle-powered smoothies. And then on June 20th, uh, in quick succession, we have another big event um, that's called the Goat Spit, and it's um, three billy goats, grilled up on a bicycle powered spit that is custom made by wonderful Brooklyn mechanics um, called MetalArchitect.com and we have spent the last two months cleaning out an old pharmacy in Brooklyn that was full up of old junk and old drugs and will now be filled with air and lively music Um, the Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping will be playing as will other bands we have apiary workshops, we have rooftop gardening workshops, we've got sandwiches and beer and sunshine and merchandise, and it's a fundraiser for the Greenhorns and also a, a solstice celebration to bring life into this old pharmacy and turn it into um, a pharmacy, like an F-A-R-M, where they will be selling um, local food, cheese, meat, and hopefully lots and lots of margarine, which is what I'm growing here at my farm. So I hope you can join us there on June 20th in Brooklyn. If you're in Brooklyn, come, 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 come. We do need your money to keep, keep on with our work. Um, and I hope that you stay abreast of our news, www.thegreenhorns.wordpress.com. You can read our blog. There's three or four or five postings up there every day. News relevant to young farmers, banter of various kinds, pep talks, job listings, land opportunities, and video ephemera. Thank you for farming. Talk to you next week.
1: Sunny outside, but inside I'm deluged with insignificance. Well, I thought I had me a ride, but I guess I'm stuck with thumbing it. Every time I think I have it figured out, I catch one in the face from the comic boots. The comic boots, it's hard to gain control when you don't know what's at the root.